Well, hello, welcome to episode 44 of the One Life Church podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one and only life. My name is Sarah Inman. I'm one of your co-hosts of the podcast, and I'm joined, as always, by our lead pastor, Brett Nicholson. Hey, Sarah. It's really good to be here yet again. And, and uh, last time, we had just the two of us talked, which we had never done before. No, we had not. And uh, now we're back to the guest thing, which I um, I like, I enjoy. So basically, all the pressure you is on hate hanging out with me is what you're saying. Is, is that what it came I out as? I think that's just okay. what I came out People as, People can yeah. make their own judgments that's about fine. that, no. <laughs> wow, yeah, miss negative spin over yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we are really excited to have two guests on the podcast today. We have Larry May and Jonathan Betcher, and we're so excited that you guys are on here um, to discuss something that we know both of you are very passionate about, um, and it's foster care, foster care crisis that we know is happening in the Evansville community. But before we kind of get into that conversation, I'd love for everyone to kind of just get to know a little bit about you guys and a little bit why this is passionate for you. And Larry, I'd love to start with you. Yeah, so I'm an elder here at One Life. Um, I'm a Former, former businessman, recently retired from my business and um, uh, engaged in the community in, in a few different capacities, one of them having to do with uh, this foster care coalition. So awesome! I've got uh, three kids and a wonderful wife and love being a dad and a husband. And you're a Cardinals fan. I know that about you. I am that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Has that always been true of you? It's like going yeah. back to when you were a little kid and yeah, you I mean, games and everything? My wife is from St. Louis. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, that right, helped so. stoke it a little bit. All but right. I did grow up uh Paducah, Kentucky, and that's Cardinal Country, Bob Gibson. Oh, it is. Okay. So pre-marriage you were Cardinals fan. Oh, yeah. And then yeah, that long, is kind of... long time ago. Yeah. I grew the flame. Up Good. In the 1960s when Bob Gibson and Lou Brock and those guys were popular. Oh, yeah. Big, that's right. Well, wow, that's right. You yeah. should be a big fan back in those days. That's good. <laughs> and Jonathan, tell us a little bit about you. Uh, hey, uh, I'm Jonathan Betcher. I am the Director of Communications and Storytelling at Fort Evansville. Uh, my wife and I moved here with our two boys from uh, Mount Vernon, just a short distance away, uh, about a year ago. And so we've been sort of investing ourselves in the Evansville community in a lot of different ways. And uh, during that move, we kind of had the chance to reflect on sort of how we're spending our time and energy. And we'd been a part of a lot of ministry related things in Mount Vernon. And those were changing now that we were having this slight shift. And uh, one of the things that we uh, decided that we wanted to do after working on a film related to foster care was uh, we felt like that was something that we could do as a family. And so uh, it's gradually become an issue that's uh, very important to both of us. Wow. That's awesome. So you guys are in that process right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. in the process, of the long process of uh, <laughs> obtaining our, our foster care license. Wow. Wow. And when That's you say long, I mean, and we'll talk about this a little bit deeper later, but uh, what what does long mean? Is that year, two years, six months? Well, I, I uh, recently met somebody who he and his wife were able to complete the whole process in something like two months. Uh, two months, okay. But that was because they were like, very uh, committed to getting the paperwork done like as soon as possible and doing the trainings like super quickly. Uh, so if if you have to do it kind of more in your spare time, uh, I think it tends to take a little bit longer. There are um, six three-hour training sessions that you have to go to and then a home study where they do an interview and come to your house and make sure that it's safe and things like that. And then some different certifications and paperwork that you have to fill out. Are they very upfront about their assessments of you? 
Uh, I don't know because we haven't done the home study yet. You uh, haven't done the home study, okay? But so they are at that stage. Yeah. it seems like they would sit you down. Well, yeah, out of a out of one to ten, you're like a four. Here's, here's how good of a parent. Sorry, you, are. you got a D minus or whatever it is they do. Okay, that's yeah, spook a little people off. Yeah, so. um, yeah, I would say that they are probably pretty honest, though. Uh, they are very honest about the realities of foster care and the ways in which it can be right. difficult. And uh, you know, they certainly don't try to sell it to you. Uh, if you're going to become a foster parent, it's going to be because you're deeply committed to it uh, and they're not going to try to convince you to stick around. Right. Yeah. And so as we kind of go into talking about more conversation about the foster care and foster care crisis, as it's been called a crisis here um, in our community, what what was kind of the first time you guys realized that it was a crisis? Because I know for me, it was watching um, the film that you guys created. Um, and, and Jonathan talked about he's with the organization called Fort Evansville and also Left Turn Productions. And you guys have been a part of multiple films and, and creating conversation um, in our community. And I know one of those films was kind of based on foster care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when was that first time either for either one of you, I'll start with Jonathan, that you realized that this was a crisis? Yeah. Um, so we became aware of the issue of foster care through an article that was in the Courier and Press a few years ago. And uh, it really kind of surprised us that we weren't aware of this, how big of an issue this was already, uh, because a big part of what we do at For Evansville is uh, try to listen and be aware of what are the issues in our community that need to be addressed. And um Whenever we found uh, at the time that the article was written, there were, I think, 850 kids in the foster care system at that time and only 150 uh, foster families available in our county to uh, help care for those kids. And uh, when you look at other places uh, in the country, like that's a staggering number. Um, And so we were really kind of surprised that that was such a big issue and that we hadn't heard about it. And that really sparked um, our reason for making a film about it is we wanted to generate more conversation and help people sort of understand this issue a little bit better. Hmm. Yeah. For me, it was um, the, the newspaper article uh, I think maybe that was two summers ago quantified mm-hmm. the problem. Uh, but my wife and I uh, have been CASA volunteers Um uh, and so prior to that, uh, we began, we got really introduced to the crisis sort of firsthand because we would have uh, kids. That, so a CASA volunteer stands for Court Appointed Special Advocate for Children. We're representing kids in the foster care system who've been removed from their home for abuse and neglect. And uh, what we saw is how hard it was for those kids to be placed in foster homes locally. I had uh, uh, in one of my cases, I had brothers that were, one was in court in Kentucky, the other one was in Indianapolis. Um, we just, and some of the reason for that was just the absence of good uh, available foster homes here. So that, uh, we had no idea how far reaching the problem was or what the numbers were, but we knew in our few cases that we had handled that there was a shortage of uh, good uh, foster homes that would be willing to take, in our case, uh, teenagers. And that's one of the deals with, it's not just a matter of numbers. Um, You have to have foster homes that are willing to take certain age kids or kids with certain uh, uh, disabilities in some cases or behavioral issues in some cases. And so uh, the foster home kind of dictates what they're willing, the foster parents dictate what they're willing to 
how they're willing to receive kids, what kinds of kids they're willing to, to take care of. And uh, so that really limits the number of places kids can go. In particular with teenage kids, it's a lot of homes are not set up for that. Right. I can imagine it, when it, when you when you talk about crisis and you said it was quantified for you in the article and I, I didn't read the article myself. Maybe you could uh, put it in perspective. Like how is def, uh, crisis defined as compared? And you're talking about our area, our state, mm-hmm. as it compares to I guess a place that would be working functionally well. Where's some of the kind of numbers just to help us understand some of that? If you remember them off the top of your head, um, I don't remember the specific numbers uh, for this city that I'm about to talk about, but we uh, heard from a speaker, Brian Mavis, who runs an organization called America's Kids Belong. And um, he is or was a uh, pastor in a city in Colorado. And um, whenever they learned of the foster care issue in their community, they brought together a group of churches who were basically committed to uh, filling that shortage. They wanted there to be too many foster families instead of not enough uh, so that kids would be, instead of kids waiting on adults to take care of them, there would be adults who were waiting on foster placements. And uh, they were able to accomplish that in one year. Um, but I think the number uh, of foster care cases in their city, which is much larger than Evansville, uh, was like less than 200. So for us to be at 850 at a much smaller city uh, mm-hmm. and for them to be in a much larger city uh, at less than 200. Uh, and we're at 850 and they were at 200. Right. That's the number yeah. we're, we're, oh, okay. I well, mean, that we're puts between, in perspective. That's between 850 and 1,000 now. The, numbers, yeah. the number has is gone that, up. We're just talking Vandenberg County or? Yes, or Vandenberg or, County. Or, Vandenberg yes. County, mm-hmm. it is. Okay. The numbers, there are numbers obviously in the surrounding counties, but I think Vandenberg is probably the one that has the, the greatest crisis. I mean, Warwick has issues, and uh, but okay. yeah, Vandenberg. Those are the numbers that stand out. And in terms of the state itself, like they rank us for all kinds of things and we don't have some of the best rankings ever. I mean, it, does it kind of fall that way? Like we're the third worst or first or where do we? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not exactly okay. sure where the ranking falls. Know. I know that okay. it is closely related to uh, our ranking in terms of uh, substance abuse and addiction, okay. which we're the uh, fifth highest rate of substance abuse and addiction in Indiana uh, compared to other states. Oh, okay. Well, Indiana is. Indiana. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, not, not Vanderburg County specifically, but Indiana. Right. And you probably know that from the upcoming film you guys just worked on. Right. Yeah, yeah that was uh, <laughs> for research. Uh, yes, for our next film, um, yeah. which is also closely related to the issue of foster care. In fact, uh, when we did research for the foster care film, um, one of the social workers that I met with said that and this was just her estimate, but she said probably 98% of the cases that she works wow. on um, have substance abuse as part of the situation. It may not be the specific reason, uh, but if if the child is removed because of some kind of abuse, oftentimes that abuse is accompanied by uh, substance abuse. Okay. Wow. It's a lot of... <laughs> big numbers to think about, I mean, for our community. And, and I know that, um, 
one of the things you guys did was create this film to create awareness. And I know for me personally, we, we did a screening at our West campus and I went to that. And for me, it was just watching it and seeing it, but then also having conversation after it, um, which was great. And I know, um, Larry mentioned Casa was something that he's been involved in and there was some more information about Casa as well. What are some other things that people can do to kind of get involved, get connected to kind of I don't know, be a part of, of at least getting more information out there? Either one of you. Well, um, Certainly, if you serve as a CASA volunteer, you're going to be introduced to that uh, crisis uh, right away. If you become a foster parent, those are both fairly high commitment things to do. There are also um, uh, other ways you can support foster families, uh, wraparound services. Um, um, There are respite care volunteers where if you don't think you can take a child into your home on a regular basis, or for a long-term commitment, you can sign up for, you know, for say one weekend a a month, I'm going to give a foster family a break and I'm going to take their kids for a weekend. That's called respite care. Hmm. You can be background checked to be a babysitter, uh, to give a foster family a night out. You know, those, that, that's a relatively easy thing to do. It's just a matter of a background check. Something I would probably never think about, but you have, you would have to do that to even just have, Mm -hmm. well. But I think, uh, Jonathan and I probably would share this in common. uh, And that is that maybe two or three, well, for me, maybe five years ago, had no idea what what the challenges were. I grew up in a fairly functional home, and most of my friends grew up in fairly functional homes, and I was just not exposed to what it might be like uh, for a family whose kids had been removed from their care and put under the guardianship of uh, the government, the Vanderbilt County mm-hmm. um, DCS, Department of Child Services. And um, I think until... Uh, until you see that happen, it's, we just don't assume Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff happens to kids. And it's usually not, you know, when kids are in foster care, we don't broadcast that, you know, we try to treat them like our family. And so, um, um, I think Tammy and I, as when we did the CASA thing, began to see that there's, there's really another side here that, um, it's a darker side of our community that, Mm -hmm. uh, needs to be addressed. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that goes to an issue that is right at the heart of foster care, and that's uh, trauma. Um, Kids are removed from their home because of some kind of trauma that they've experienced, whether it's some sort of abuse or neglect that's happened. Um, And then being removed from your home is another trauma on top of that. Even if you're being removed from the worst of situations and being placed with the most loving family, mm-hmm. uh, for a child to be removed from that family unit and from their parents, uh, is a traumatic experience. And, um, you know, there's a lot that I think we as a society have yet to learn and understand about the ways that trauma affects us as people, especially during those formative years of childhood. And so, um, you know, even before taking some kind of action, I think just educating yourself about foster care and about trauma um, will help you begin to think about where you might fit in becoming part of the solution. Um, because it's, it's something that I think is just entirely foreign to most people if they haven't had some sort of experience with it. And, um, a a part of that too is recognizing that it's not just the kids who are in foster care who need support and need 
help, uh, but also the parents who are having their children removed. Uh, oftentimes they have trauma that they've never uh, found a way to work through. And, and that's the reason that their family is in this cycle and, uh, and is not functioning well. Um, kids who are in foster care are more likely to abuse drugs. They're more likely to end up incarcerated. They're uh, more likely to have their own kids removed from them uh, mm-hmm. whenever they grow up and have kids. And so it's not just, uh, it's not just kids who need support and need help. It's actually the entire family. So uh, maybe, maybe you don't feel particularly called to meet those needs uh, for a child who's in foster care, but you might be able to provide some sort of support or community to a parent who's trying to uh, get their family back together. Absolutely. Right. And Larry listed off a few things a while ago that I wasn't aware of, you know, different, different stages of involvement. And, and, and I, and I guess if you had just this massive audience, which I'm sure this podcast does, you know, think about that. uh, And, and you, you had the Evansville community listening to you. What would you want them to know about the foster care system and what they can do? What would be your appeal? Like, you know, the step you would call them to take um, if you had the microphone for five minutes. I would send them to uh, forevansville.org slash foster care, and that would be a good stop, starting point. That wasn't That's, originally a setup, yeah. by the way. It, it sounds well, like it. There was the an open-ended we question. Were, the reason we I bring it up is yeah. because Jonathan has done a great job just summarizing the various steps. There's a little box that you can put your name and ask for more information about any one right. of those, whether it's foster care, respite care, uh, babysitting, um, wraparound services. There's some churches that have ministries devoted to helping a foster family. So you've got a foster family uh, that has two or three kids in their home. Maybe there'd be a small group that would wrap around them and uh, help with laundry or do a meal once a week or something like that. So a lot of things like that. And that's the the reason I bring up that website. You can go to DCS, you can go to thevillages.org, which is another foster care licensing, licensing agency in Evansville. Um, but the Four Evansville website was set up just to help people get a, a, a sort of a flyby overview of the problem and then help direct you to where you need to go. And I want to mention one other too, just and this is sort of an emerging opportunity called the Isaiah 117 house. Have you guys heard of that? I have not. Seems so, like I should have. Yeah. So it's new and um, started in Tennessee. Jonathan, you're probably in the loop on this. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but what they're, they're in the process of fundraising. Um, I think there's a kickoff lunch in August, but they're going to they're gonna buy or build a home uh, where DCS, when they remove a child from the home, they can take that child directly to the Isaiah 117 house. Oh. And it'll be a place where volunteers are happy and welcoming, and there'll be toys, and there'll be a swing set in the backyard, there'll be a clean shower, be a lot of things, a stuffed animal for the for the mm-hmm. child, and it's intended to be a twenty four hour or less transition home, because right now when the, when a, when a child's removed from their home by a DCS worker, they basically come back to the DCS office, wow. which is just a kind of a black and white office. They sit in the office and and have nothing to do while the DCS worker is trying to wow. both take care of them and look for a foster home. Mm-hmm. So this. This unburdens, DCS is very excited about this. It unburdens DCS from having to care for the child so that they can focus on finding the right match in the foster home. So that's something Evansville is uh, well on the way toward 
Well, uh, on the way building, to that, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. It's a lot of work's been done there. For anyone listening that was curious, as I was, as much of the Bible as I do have memorized, <laughs> I was not able to pull that verse. Uh, Isaiah one seventeen says, "Learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, and plead the case." of the widow. And so they, they built it on that. What about you, you, Jonathan, you got anything to add to if you had an audience with everybody in Evansville and said, Hey, here's what you need to know about foster care. What would it be? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I would kind of echo what Larry has said that there's a broad spectrum of ways that you could get involved from very low commitment, uh, ways that really have a lot of impact, Uh, you know, donating, a uh, a backpack, uh, so that a kid doesn't have to put all their belongings in a trash bag when they're removed mm. from their home, uh, which is a pretty common occurrence, um, all the way to becoming a, a foster parent and welcoming a child into your home for who knows how long. Right. Um, or even adoption, which right. would be the ultimate uh, right. highest commitment. Right. Um, you know, there, there's a broad spectrum all along the way. Um, and each little piece of that spectrum really does matter because foster care is one of those issues that is just absolutely draining to try to address. Um, foster parents that I interviewed for our film, um, it was just the same thing every time. Um, incredibly rewarding experience, incredibly exhausting and trying on your family. And, um, every little ounce of support that we can provide every, every way that we as a community or we as the church in Evansville can come together and help address this issue together. Um, I think makes a big difference because you might not feel like, uh, babysitting some kids on the weekend is making that big of a difference. Uh, but I think it really is. And I think, it's always more encouraging to feel like you're confronting an issue like this when you have people around you who are on your team and on your side. And, uh, I think that's really a picture of, of what the church ought to be. Um, you know, there are, there are certain issues in the community that nobody wants to touch, uh, because they're too messy or, uh, they're too high of a commitment to really make a difference. And those are really the issues that the church ought to be running towards when everybody else is looking away. Those are the issues that, uh, we ought to, we ought to have a strong tight knit community, um, that can support one another and support those who no one else is reaching out to. Um, I think of Jesus's words in, in Mark nine, whenever, the disciples are arguing about who's the greatest among them and who's, who's going to be the greatest in God's kingdom. And he brings a, a child to sit on his lap and he says, uh, whoever can receive this little child uh, receives me and receives the one who sent me. And so um, I guess if I had the microphone and I had the ear of uh, every Christian in Evansville, I would say, if, you're, if you want more of Jesus in your life. If you want more, uh, welcome, if you want to welcome more of God into your life, welcoming a foster child is a, is a great way to do that. Or becoming part of that solution, uh, is, is one of the, is one of the ways that you can do that. Excellent. Fantastic answer. Appreciate that. What do you think is the greatest 
uh, barrier in people's minds what they as you've interacted and then you've heard questions based on the film and everything else what do you think is the is the barrier in people's way or the most misunderstood thing about the whole foster care issue and and challenge is there something that comes up regularly that people ask about or are afraid of or hesitant about um, I think part of it is maybe a, a lack of the awareness that there are other ways to get involved. I think it's easy to hear about the issue of foster care and just immediately think I'm not really in a position where I can care for a child or care for another child. If, if you maybe already have kids. Um, and for a lot of people, that's true. You know, it, it takes a certain type of person in a certain type of, uh, circumstance to be able to meet that specific need. Um, so a lot of times it's kind of an, a lack of awareness around the different ways that you can get involved. Um, and then I think maybe on top of that is just the realization that this is a really, uh, heavy issue and that a lot of these kids who are, you know, placed in the foster care system come with a lot of baggage that's difficult to deal with and hard to commit to. Um, part of the, foster care paperwork that you fill out is this sheet of paper that basically lists all of these different issues that a child might have. Mm-hmm. And you say, uh, yes, I'm willing to, I'm, I'm open to having a child with that uh, particular issue in my home or uh, no, that's, that's not something that mm-hmm. we're comfortable with. And that is a hard list to fill out wow. as a Christian <laughs> yeah. uh, because you really want to say yes to, to all everything. of the issues because you yeah. feel like that's what you ought to do. Um, and you just, you kind of are caught in this tension between uh, what you want to be able to be for a child right. and what you honestly feel like you can handle. Um and so I, I think that's a, that is a big barrier. Um, and I, I don't necessarily have an answer for how to overcome that particular barrier yeah. um, because foster care is, is not becoming any less messy or difficult to deal with. But I do think that um, being able to come together and provide support to one another as a church community rather than as one individual person or individual family um, is a step in the right direction. I want to mention again that the website's for evansville.org slash foster care. Um, great resources on here and just some, some really great information of, of, um, some of these things they've talked about full-time foster family, respite care family, uh, CASA, um, sitter wraparound foster family. Some of that information's on here in a really simple way to get some more information, um, from the team here. And then, um, I do want to transition over just as we kind of close up, um, one, I want people to figure out, find out where they can watch the film. We've mentioned it a few times, and mm-hmm. I believe it's still at um, leftturnproductions.com slash care. That's right. Left Turn Productions. I'll put all these links in the description um, of the podcast so you can find them there, but um, leftturnproductions.com slash care so they can watch the film um, about care. But you guys also just wrapped on um, your fourth film mm-hmm. um, that will be um, maybe premiering in the next few weeks at the GLS, uh, the Global Leadership yep. Summit on August 8th and 9th. Um, tell us a little bit about that film. Uh, so this film was actually originally written to be a sequel to our foster care film, and we've kind of shifted it around a little bit to be a, a standalone film, but the issues are still very closely related. Um, this film is going to focus on the issue of substance abuse and addiction, um, which is at the root of a lot of foster care cases. And um, this particular 
narrative film will uh, sort of follow the story of a woman who's struggling with addiction. And it's told through the lens of um, her teenage son uh, writing a letter to her. So uh, I think it's going to be a a pretty moving story. Um, But what we really hope to highlight through the film is uh, the role that isolation plays in the life of someone who's struggling with addiction. Um, like all of our films, this uh, film began with months of listening and research. And one of the common themes that appeared throughout that research was that people who have a successful recovery experience are those who have a strong, supportive community around them, helping them on that journey. And those who relapse over and over and over again, um, are those who lack that support and community. And oftentimes, uh, substance abuse and addiction has a lot of shame and social stigma associated with it. And it can be difficult to open up about that struggle. And uh, it can be uh, easy for someone who's not struggling with that to just sort of distance themselves. Uh, But this is another issue that I think needs to be talked about and we as the church need to think about how we can come around these people and embrace them. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. You know, it, it, as we, we studied addiction here at the church and, and what I, what I learned was very much that same kind of thing is the relationship component of it. And I had a friend of mine tell me, he said, the problem is even once you recover, you, you want to get that name off your identity mm-hmm. because that becomes who you are. Oh, yeah, even if you're the recovered addict, you're the addict. Uh, right. That's who you are. And I said, when you get rid of that. Plus, once you, when you really study it, most everybody has been addicted to something at some point in their life, and they can mm-hmm. at least relate to that, whether it was uh, whether it was food or just uh, your work or whatever else. And so the uh, the church community shouldn't have an ounce of arrogance in it, and we should be be the people that should be, uh, you know, if you walk in with that problem, everybody should say, well, welcome here. You're, you're just you're here among friends, and uh, it seems like if we would raise that culture, we would be able to make a lot bigger impact in people's lives. So I'm glad you guys are going after it because we also all know that it's a big Evansville issue has been for a long time. And so mm-hmm. it's nice to know that there's some proactivity going along with that and uh, the foster care thing. And we were talking about which is downstream from which. And we decided maybe it's uh, they both are so connected to each other. Sure. You better solve them both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I love we were talking a little bit before we started recording. Jonathan and I were talking a little bit about um, we mentioned this earlier. The parents are also that um, that have just had a child taken away from them that so often we so often, I think it's very easy for us to just picture them as the bad guy. And there's mm-hmm. a whole nother story to tell. And it seems like this is an opportunity to at least tell some of those stories um, in this film that you guys are doing now, which I think is great because I know that there's also, there's a whole lot of conversation there still to have as well. So I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to, to have a conversation about it and to have people in our community having conversation about it, which I think is always the goal of your mm-hmm. films. And um, we're really thankful to, to just be able to, to be able to talk about them. So I appreciate you guys coming on and, and chatting today about a pretty serious topic and some ways that we hope people get some more information and ultimately um, visit the website, find out some more information of how you can connect to it. Um, is there a way that you personally can, or is there um, more that you can do? Um, but lots, lots of opportunities there. So anything else you'd add, Brett? No, to add to this, I don't yeah. think I can because I'm oh, a, a, so absolutely much. not a not a expert at all. Other than I'm really glad that for Evansville as an organization is surfacing these things. They they started off just by having conversations with community leaders for a long time and saying, okay. <laughs> 
what's Evansville have going uh, well for it? Where we where we're making progress? Where do we what problems do we need to solve? And they're helping us focus on that. And that's where they've drilled down. It's it really is these two issues, and everybody kind of knows that in some instinctive way. Uh, but uh, they're giving an opportunity to let's nail it and let's go after it. And um, and I appreciate the challenge they're providing. So look forward to a great future in our city because you guys are doing a fantastic job. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for having us. Yeah. Thank you, Larry. Thanks for coming on. It's always sure. fun to hang out. I know we get to see each other every so often on Sundays, but it's good to hang out. And Jonathan, always, always good to hear more about Fort Evansville and also just hang out with you. I have not opportunity to do that before. So, yeah. and Brett, I do like hanging out with you. So. Do you really? Yeah. Right. Sorry, I'm I came out a little strong at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, really but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a good time hanging out. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week.